believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. Well, good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And guess what? Guess what time it is? It's December time. Who would have believed it? I thought it was just November, October. I mean, the year is flown by so fast. I want to thank all our supporters and all the people who came to our breakfast out in the cold on November 11th. They were really interested and uh, life is good. We just really, really, really thank our supporters. Um, and uh, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank Eric because he always does such a good job. Even when I'm late sending him the information, he's right on it. I thank you, Eric. I really appreciate you. I want to appreciate my guest right now. I'm going to bring on Mr. Y. He just might as well real regular. He's going to be um, talking about uh, way down yonder, talking about Georgia. Georgia's on his mind. Yeah, that's that's very true, Reverend Harriet. Uh, Georgia's on a lot of people's minds because of the fact there's a possibility if uh, the most qualified candidate wins, uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock, the current senator, that uh, there'll be some Joe Manchin protection in the Senate. Uh, uh, and also the fact that it will not be co-chairs by having the majority, they'll be chairing the committees. And it'd be a good thing because they're going to need someone to keep the House of Representatives in balance because of the fact the Republicans did take that over. And with the ilk of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Matt Gates, uh, the child molester, and these folks are going to be on these committees, and Jim Jordan, uh, uh, Hank, Reverend uh, Congressman Hank Johnson called him G.Y.M. Jordan, because he was assistant uh, 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 wrestling coach at Ohio State University when the doctor was molesting the, the athletes and oh, okay. he knew about it, didn't say anything. So wow. matter of fact, uh, I saw one interview about six or seven months ago, one of the former wrestlers said, uh, the, uh, the host said, well, what would you do if you saw Jim Jordan? He said, I would kick his A. So, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, so I mean, so <laughs> they're, uh, they think that, you know, they, uh, and, you know they, they campaign on, uh, on crime, and I guess they forget January 6th and all the stuff with Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. But anyway, the crime and inflation, and as soon as they won, what did they talk about? We're going to investigate Hunter Biden. We're going to investigate Fauci. We're going to investigate and investigate. So and uh, that's why it's a good thing if uh, 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 Reverend Warnock can win re-election. That would keep the House in balance. Even if he didn't, we're still with the vice president as a tiebreaker with, uh, with, uh, with the 50-50. But by having 51, you chair the committees. You don't co-chair. And they'll have wow. a, have the, be in a, the right position to keep that uh, out of control members of the House in check because we're going to have some. And uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see because you got people coming out now talking about who's going to be the Speaker of the House. But one thing I am pleased with is to see the transition of power in the House with the guys that's my age stepping away and letting uh, Hakeem Jeffries and Pete Aguilar, and I can't remember the lady's name right now, mm -hmm. but all three of them are excellent people. They have the background, and they have they have uh, <clears throat> something that I wish the Seahawks would have kept, uh, and that's uh, on the field to train some younger people. But they all have the Clyburns and the Cine Hoyers and, and, and the Speaker Pelosi still around. So they'll, they'll have that, but at the same time, I do agree with the transition of power that uh, they have the younger folks step up to the plate. And uh, I mean, I'm in the process of trying to do the same. Some things I have to do on my own, but you know, we made a smooth transition several years ago with the Martin Luther King Committee. 
And we have folks like Shadé Moore, Bobby Alexander, folks who are in their early 30s who are running things now, and they're mm -hmm. both super qualified to do that. And uh, I'll just get out the way. If they want my opinion, I'll give it to them. But I'm certainly not going to interfere with the committee because these people are coming together making decisions. And who am I to, to say that I don't agree with their decision? I support whatever the committee agrees to. That's what I support. And that, that will be on January 16th. Uh, at Garfield High School, uh, the Opportunity Fair will be the first thing that's going on. And uh, several years ago, we said, you know, people come to this march and talk about Martin Luther King. We need to have people leaving with something. So we've had about 40 or 50 different uh, agencies and business organizations and unions out there. We had a resume building room so people would have their resume updated on their iPhone. They could go around and drop the resume up. And I think the last time we had it, 78 people had requests for interviews and a lot of them got jobs now back to the main job and that's raphael warnock i hope that everybody that didn't vote vote tomorrow because early voting is over but it did break records and i know it that, did it did and when that, it break records that means a lot of black people showed up and a lot of young white people showed up too uh, that really rewarded. but i think you mentioned that to me earlier today yeah i saw that. that yeah i saw that on on tv this morning uh, it was a sizable number of young whites who were there supporting Representative Warnock. And, uh, you know, that's, 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 uh, that's thing. You know, it's changing. You know, I mean, Herschel Walker was an outstanding football player. He lives in Texas. He has a, store, a horrible past. But like the folks said, we don't care. We want control. And we'll, we don't, we'll, they, they take uh, probably. Well, if they, took Trump, if they took Trump, uh, 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 they'll take Walker. They'll take him, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly Trump right. is the standard. Trump is oh, the standard, you know. So, uh, so you know, I mean, it's, it's a ragtag party. It's this a ragtag party. About getting rid of the Constitution and go over too well. So hopefully, those uh, well, those, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of those mindless Republicans will start standing up to this man, yeah, yeah. destroy democracy, and they're well, going. The silence is complicit. They're going right along with uh, challenging the Constitution and destroying our democracy. That's what it's well, all about. And uh, even Mike Pence, you know. Mike, I'm sorry. Mike, 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 you got to stop being heart. a wimp, man. You got to stop being a wimp. You know, you'll sit up and say something about we can't anybody uh, fool with the Constitution, but he won't mention Trump's name. Yeah, I saw to, that. Have to abduct you I to keep that. away yeah. certified yeah. election, and you still <laughs> won't say anything. So you know, I never, I will. He will never be the leader of of the Republican Party because he's he, he, he a man likes he likes fine. He really does. Well, he likes courage. I mean, yes, well, a lot of them do. I mean, you know, courage. Uh, courage is. Uh, uh, it's one something about courage. It's contagious. Once you stand up, other people find their strength. And so, uh, with the guy leading the party, uh, it's nobody that seems to have except for Liz Cheney and a few. I saw. I saw yesterday where someone that just got elected uh, uh, for the for the Republican in, uh, in in New Jersey was telling him that uh, they're tired of they're tired of hearing this story now. I mean, he said, "We're tired of hearing your story. You, you know, what you're saying isn't true. So uh, it's gonna, it's gonna take a few of them to stand up, uh, uh, and that's that's all it's gonna take is a few of them. And and then some of the some of the ones that's way out there, like like you got a guy in this state. He wants to have uh, the, the counts uh, have the uh, the votes real counted. Uh, because oh, Joe Kent out, out, out of the third congressional district down in the Vancouver mm -hmm. area. Yeah, he, yeah, he's all the way out there too. But that's just another good thing." Uh, most of about 90% of Trump's election denier candidates lost, which is yeah. a good thing. 
and and and, 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 and so, so he's shown the party that he can't win. You know, I mean, really, his, he, he can't, he's not a winner. I mean, the winner that he think he is is in his head. Uh, uh, and um, and then I guess when he goes to his media platform, all he does is, I mean, he's really, really losing his mind out in public. I mean, if, if it was Obama, they'd, they'd have him in a straitjacket already. Well, I'm glad Obama went down to Georgia because he really lit Herschel Walker up. <laughs> oh, yeah, when he told Herschel Walker was talking about some kind of something about something that didn't make sense and people didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, he was talking about uh, he wanted to be a vampire and he found out a werewolf could kill a vampire. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. So <laughs> President Obama said, yeah, he's doing something for the people in Georgia. He said, I had the same debate when I was seven, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, he, and, and that, he is the best campaigner because a lot of times I wish he would run for president again. I really do. Yeah, yeah, but I think he's doing an outstanding job. I mean, people really showed up and showed out. (laughs) Uh, 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 Well, you know, one of the things, though, I think that we're going to have to keep is encouraging people to vote. I mean, because really, why is it so important to vote? Well, because you, 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 uh, you have representation. You can actually you know, go see people and have talk people and, and work on things that to, for, to, for, for the betterment. Uh, when you don't vote, well, you do just not respecting your ancestors. Because yeah. these, people, these, these people went through a whole bunch of stuff in order, in order so we could be here. Absolutely. And uh, it is our responsibility to actually keep, keep, keep things going. And I know it's, you know, it's sometimes young people, uh, some of them are just fed up with it. But again, you know, the Democrats have to do more for us. I mean, you know, look, look, look at the state of Washington. We've had, we've had Democrats in charge of the city for 40, 40 years and brought in, uh, brought in weed and seed and, was, and then brought in, uh, 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 you know, reason why gentrification. And then you had you had the governor down there, and and we've had all those governors who have blocked progress and not, not you know, Christine Gregoire didn't give not hardly one penny to the black community the whole time she was there. She was a two-term governor. Well, you know, a lot of that has to do with Governor Gary Locke after I two hundred passed, and if people read uh, the voters pamphlet, I two hundred did not kill affirmative action. It said it wanted to eliminate preferences based on race or gender, did not kill affirmative action. In December 1998, Governor Gary Locke issued executive Governor's Directive 98-01 to all public institutions, uh, uh, including all the colleges, universities, all public entities, saying affirmative action was dead. So that's what, and then recently, when the governor signed his executive order, uh, Jesse Weinberry and former Governor Dan Evans and Christine Gregoire, I had to encourage Gary Locke to rescind the governor's directive so we could have the uh, JM's executive order. The bad thing is, is that after 23 years of no affirmative action, the latest report from the Office of Minority and Women's <laughs> Enterprise. It was point, it was terrible. We didn't get any money. Point blacks received 0.18%, not even two tenths. Native Americans received 0.11. And then we come to find out that the Department of Enterprise Services had 1% last year for all uh, minorities. So I'm just saying we don't. So we don't who's have... getting the money? So so who's getting the money then? If if it's not coming to the so-called people of color, who's getting the money? The Caucasians are getting all the money, including the money that we pay taxes and some of the money that uh, you know the state collects on the revenue from us. And I tell you what, it's not going to no ghosts, that's for sure. And wow. um, I'm looking at the records because numbers don't lie, and that's why in uh, November 2022. 
uh, Bob Armstead filed a complaint with a civil rights complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. It was signed on by 21 individuals and organizations in Western Washington. Uh, and, and uh, it, you know, it's been sitting there. But Congressman Benny Thompson and his staff is now saying they want to look at it. When they saw the OMWE report, <laughs> they said this is staggering. And, uh, and we've, been, we've been getting put off by the Department of Justice sent it over to the Department of Transportation. That's right. That's right. And, that's and right. so, you know, if there's discrimination, that's what the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division is supposed to be about, you know, uh, and it's blatant discrimination against, Af against African descent of the United States enslaved. I'm not going to say, I can't speak for all Black people, but I am saying for African descent of the United States enslaved, the group of us that have lineage that go back 400 years. Now, that's right. one of the things we have to look at as well. That's one of the things we have to look at as well. And uh, they, they have determined that they're going to keep locking us out. Uh, and uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, today, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, maybe today, I think it was yesterday was the beginning of the uh, anniversary, beginning of the uh, the Montgomery boycott. I mean, you know, I mean, so so we, we have not used our last, uh, when we decide who we're going to spend our money with and who we're not. Things have changed for us. I mean, I, I mean, it's all. I mean, that's that's a dramatic change that we have to have. I and mean, I agree, from here. And what we need to do is show those black and white films over and over of the attacks of the Edmund Pettus Bridge, of the three civil rights workers being killed, where Ronald Reagan had his kick, campaign kickoff in Philadelphia, Mississippi. I think we need to keep showing that stuff over and over, and and let our people know, and let other people know what we had to endure. And uh, you know. 254 years of, of free labor, slavery. slavery. Slavery is the reason why economic, the, United, the country, the United States of America, is an economic power now, because they had 254 years of free labor. And then the people that fought, like Tucson Love Mature, that freed the Blacks in Haiti, they get punished, have to pay reparations to France and the United States for 50 years. That's why they don't have infrastructure, because they ended slavery. They're the only Western a black country in the Western Hemisphere that they're, they're not a subject to, to France or England, but they fought for their freedom. That's and, right. That's right. That's punished, right. That's and, right. And they got punished. They got punished. France, well, but France also, Mississippi, Mississippi, punished that black country. Mississippi and Alabama got punished too, and they're still getting punished because they because the, the people, the, the government in Mississippi, I mean, and also in Alabama, decided to let most of the industry go to Atlanta because they didn't want to change the ways. So people are still being punished. The old part of Montgomery, where the where the Montgomery bus start, boycott started, uh, there's no development over there. My stepmother lived in that part. That's the old part of Montgomery. So uh, people are still being punished. And the amount of the amount of utilities. My granddaughter is at Tuskegee. She had, she, you know, she rents a house. She's not even on campus. The amount they have to pay. She's paying three hundred dollars a month for 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 electric uh, for for utilities down there, and uh, the infrastructure is not all it's supposed to be. So. So anyway, the, the, people are still having structural uh, racism in those uh, in those two states that led the civil rights movement. So, so and that's the piece we don't always know about. See, it's, it's, well, it, we all being punished. We all the being. The sad thing is, is that all the countries, all the states down south, all of them, blacks are doing more work and more business with those entities of government than we are in Washington State. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Jackson don't have clean water, so I don't know how what we can say about oh. that. And, oh, then, right. and it was this summer they didn't have when my, when Omari then was down there doing their filming. They were drinking bottled water then. Uh, yeah, and that's... the state withheld the money 
uh, that, that they could do or be able to fix the water up for 150,000 people is just like what they did in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, yeah Jacques Lumumba, the mayor of Jackson, uh, several years ago said the governor and the power structure in Mississippi would not upgrade. And this was five years ago. Right. A congressional Black Caucus thing. He said they will not allow upgrade uh, the the water facility. And now right. you got EPA have somebody on point down there right now ensuring it happens because that that uh, government in, in Mississippi prevented them from doing that. What they do have though is like Congressman Benny Thompson was a mayor. He formed the Black Mayors Alliance when he was county executive. He formed formed the Black County Executives. So they made sure that their people got some of that business. And that's why they're doing better because, you know, they have majority black counties and cities down there, although they only have one black member of uh, the congressional uh, delegation. And that's Congressman Benny Thompson. Well, that's good to know. But but all in all, America is just wanting to change the narrative. They say that they want they want this country to be a country that was uh, was built by immigrants and they want to write us out. And every day they're writing us out and Washington state is took and taking the lead on watching us, taking us, writing us out of history because they say, you know, Washington wants to be an immigrant state. I well, mean, I'll tell you but, one you know, thing, they, they can stop saying that th this country is a nation of immigrants. It's a nation of immig Indians, immigrants, and slaves. And they don't want to talk about slavery because, you know, no. that's critical race theory. Anytime you tell the truth about uh, black history is American history. Oh, it is. It really is. Well, Mr. Ryan, you know, we'll know tomorrow. Uh, we'll know by tomorrow night, uh, at least by Wednesday, uh, uh, who's the winner. Uh, and, uh, you, know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my hopes and uh, prayers is, uh, would be uh, for a miracle for Mr. Warner. I mean, because the other side just got more money. I mean, they don't have more character. They just have more money. <laughs> That's well, Warnock, Warnock was about two to one in terms of money this time around. Oh, it but, was. Well, I just want to say that uh, the lady that's coming on your program next, I named my daughter after Angela Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I think she might have been named after Angela Davis. Yes, too. indeed. <laughs> yeah, okay. and that's her name. Also, that's her name. I mean, she's local. Yeah, I know, I know, know, yeah, she's a oh, local you know, activist. Yeah. I know Miss Angela Davis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. Well, you know, thank you, Mr. Ryan, for coming on. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. So have okay, a good show on Thursday. And, uh, and uh, I'll be talking to you. Okay, Reverend Mary, thank you very much. Keep on pushing. All right. We'll take a break. We'll take a break now. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. We'll be right back. Thank you. <laughs> There's a Christmas tree in a window frame just inside my door. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com healing.com today. 
Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle up the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day, someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ, eye, and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance, where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact Dr. K Workshops at gmail.com or Facebook Dr. K's Abundance. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, from Walden. Thank you, Eric, for kicking off the, the, the Christmas seasons with a little, little cheer there. We needed a little cheer to cheer us up. <laughs> you know, I love this time of the year. I love the lights. I love the. I love uh, how the lights light, light up the darkness, and I love the music. Uh, and you know, at, at, at heart, you know, I'm still a kid at heart. I mean, I, I'm a great believer. I believe in magic. I believe in magic of this year and what can happen. I want to bring my next guest on. This is her second time coming on the show. This is Angela Davis, uh, and uh, she's uh, absolutely an uh, uh, activist uh, and uh, and actually uh, a real. Um, uh, a good teacher of what she's doing in the world. So I want to bring you back on. And how you doing, Miss Davis? Uh, Angela, how are you? I'm doing well. Good evening. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm uh, really excited to be here and looking forward to uh, speaking with you on today. Well, good. We'll have a little bit. We'll have a little time here. I mean, uh, to do that, we'll take a break about uh, about 15 minutes from now, and then you know, so you'll be with me uh, for the end for, for the rest of for the rest of the show. So I want to bring you back on because I know that you've been doing a lot in the community. I mean, you've been uh, just doing a lot, and I just want to bring you back on so that you can you can uh, you know tell tell everybody in your own words what's happening, and uh, you know you've had the highs and the lows, but uh, you just keep going. So yeah, so it's uh, yeah, so uh, welcome. Just go ahead. Thank you. Just tell us about all the good news. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody got a little good news. Mister Rye, even he ended on a little good news. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, he's fabulous. Um, I was, um, well, you know, there's a lot of good things and a lot of interesting things. The one thing that I would like to say that um, Community Connection Seattle Unlimited um, is um, a new organization, um, though I've been in the community for a while. And the goal for um, Community Connection Seattle Unlimited is to normalize restorative circles to develop a restorative beacon in every community 
um, with the notion that um, in every um, city, you know, there's several police precincts and I'm not, um, I'm upholding all the good, all these things are of necessity. But if we can have five police precincts in one city, why can't we have an identifiable restorative circle beacon so that restorative circles are a normalized way of being in the city, county, state? Um, and so that's the main goal, that's the main purpose um, because we have an integrated isolation system where we compartmentalize each and everything that we do. Um, and we are not in humanity, we are not separate pieces of ourselves. What we do that is internalized shows up in where we go and how we coexist and see out in society. And so that is the consideration and that is the notion to collectively build this restorative beacon with a lot of people that are doing healing in a lot of different modalities that are very, very impactful and very, very significant. Um, and a lot of the, the work that healing and restoration um, that is being done, that is not being seen, that is not being acknowledged, you know, um, are a lot of the preventative measures um, that de-escalate crisis modes that are not being addressed. And so that is why um, the vision for restorative beacons is um, one of the ideas for Community Connection Seattle um, to integrate um, the ability for each organization, each system, each place and space where there is a restorative beacon that they have people to be part of the circle healing process so that the capacity um, grows organically and normally. So that's well, part of the. Well, I think that's a worthy uh, goal. I mean, because, uh, you know, restorative justice and restorative circles, uh, circles, I've always said that we can't store what we have, have not had. So I, I don't use the word too much restorative justice because it's one of those word play on words for people. And uh, and uh, as Mr. Ed Wright and I was talking while you was you know while you were in the waiting room, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's hard to identify where we where we've had uh, we've had some wins for sure, but I do believe in the restorative circles because there's power in the circles. That there's power and and uh, people. Uh, uh, Indigenous people have sat in circles long time, and even at one time when 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 the Europeans was different and uh, they had a different kind of way of life, uh, they might have even sat in circles. I mean, uh, uh, and 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 the Parthenon uh, there in uh, in uh, in Rome. I mean, in uh, uh, yeah, it's in Egypt. I, I mean, in uh, Greece, I believe. Uh, I, I might have a location wrong. It's built. It's built in a circle. And all the stadiums are built in the circles. They're not built in the oblong. It's no oblong circles. I mean, it's no, it's no oblong uh, 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 sports arenas. <laughs> it's not any. <laughs> well, I mean, even yes. I mean, even even uh, even though they even soccer is still played in a, in a stadium that's round. Right. You know right. I mean? so, so so you know, and then you know, if you take that roundness uh, back to to the ancient world, I mean, the ancient world that the, the Original chalice was a representation of the womb, right. uh, 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 and, and so uh, and so. When you take that circle, then it comes from ancient time, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and then bringing it back because 
I believe some of the ancient times uh, things that was practiced and put away by the church might be able to, to unify people because they had a way of being in the world. Uh, and circles was important, sitting around the campfire or just whatever they were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to um, agree with the power of circle. You know, um, the fact that you brought up um, the um, concept of restore, restorative circles and restorative, well, how can we restore what we don't? you know, recognize what's missing and what is the what is the purpose for even saying restorative circles? What's the reason for it? And it is just the, for me, it's the term that is the most easy to identify, but right. the foundation and the idea is that the power is in the circle. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The essence of who we are is the beginning of circles. That's right. That's right. One egg, one sperm created one cell that exponentially right. grow to the full sum of who we are. And right. in that and, sense, and that, that pregnant belly is a circle. Yes, and that pregnant belly <laughs> and everything that comes to the end of the of the pregnancy is, is full circle on so yeah. many levels. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know that's what right. I mean? That's right. That's right. And then Creator gave us a circle. I mean, our head. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so you look at that. You know. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I really do understand that concept. I mean, I, I can't say I lived in an indigenous world, not in this lifetime. My ancestors did, but. Uh, right. But I, I do know the power of what it is. Uh, uh, and I know that when I was going to school, they, they, uh, they had the kids in a circle from time to time. And I know when they go to kindergarten and preschool, they have a circle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why they need a teacher who's flexible enough to get down on, <laughs> to be in right. the circle <laughs> uh, with the children. So, and, and I think the children behave better when they're in a circle than when they're doing it in, in street roads and in, in, uh, uh, in, in the classroom. I believe, I believe, I believe their behavior is better. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. It is because it's an inclusive. It's an inclusive right. space and place. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you're sitting in a circle, there's a, there's a, there's a energy. There's a That's presence right. of mind right. and thought right. that acknowledges right. the whole essence of you in that space. That's right. That's right. And then, and and it's like your neighbor is right next to you. I mean, yes. although, I mean, when you're in the roads and the chairs, your neighbors with you are behind you or in front of you, but it's a different, you're, you're limited by the little chairs that they sit in, you know, you're limited. Uh, uh, and so, so I, I mean, I, I just really like this idea because one of the things you talked about, I mean, one thing you're talking about is the energy because I'm feeling energy from, from circles that I've been in before. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've ever been into a good circle, then, uh, you know, one thing about energy, you know, it's not left there. You bring it with you. No. Right. You know, and it's right. And that's what you're talking about. Because when you can restore people to wholeness, I mean, yes. uh, 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 because uh, we're all in the world, in this world that we've experienced in, in my lifetime and in your lifetime, there's a lot of brokenness. It's a lot mm -hmm. of separation, you know, and it's a lot of separation from knowing that that we're all connected because uh, our, our, our orientation, our environment all has shown us that we're not connected. You know, we're not connected. And, and so that's that. I think that's the loneliness of the heart that Mother, the Mother Teresa talked about. She talked about Americans have this loneliness of the heart 
because of you know because because the way that we live and so so I really like what you I really like what you're bringing I really do I think it's going to well, be, a, be I think it's going to be a, a really a benefit and especially if uh, if uh, the people can can come together and catch the vision it's not it's not in a, a competitive way it really is about, about about empowering all the people who do circles because everyone is different what they come yes. with see everybody is different yeah yeah, you know, I um, I agree with that, you know, and I think, you know, the more that that humankind um, um, creates and, and divides um, things that are further away from um, the things that connect us to creation, um, then that broadens the disconnect of how we coexist with one another. Um, I'm not taking away from the necessity of how we live in this world with technology and social media and things, but it has created more and more di divisive and separateness in humanity and coexistence. And um, that is part of the reason and the core of why circles are being considered to be integrated in various institutions and concepts. Um, there have been people that have been utilizing that concept in the judicial system. And now there are people that are looking at how to integrate it into the educational system. And then also how does that um, connect to the spiritual system and institutions. And the bottom line is that the, the circle concept has been always part of an indigenous culture. That's right, that's right. Always. Mm -hmm. always. And when we look at this world that we exist in, the functionality has been um, foundationally from the colonized mindset of structure and being. And that is the con continuation of separating mind, body, soul, and spirit in how we exist in the world. And those disconnects are showing up on so many levels. And some of that oh, is the, such as the, um, the lives that have been taken away. Because if you know your, your, your neighbor, if you know someone, if you understand relationships with humanity, then there's a less likelihood that there wouldn't be an escalation of violence. And violence. I think that separateness of putting each other as the other versus humanity is making it so that it's easier to disconnect That's right. from the depths of the impact of That's an right. action. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you are so right about that. I, I listened I, every day, Dr. Patrice Berry tells a story on Facebook uh, and on Thanksgiving Day, she told a story about the wetos, uh, and she talked about what happened when the, when the, uh, when 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 the, when when the Europeans came. Uh, that that they found that, uh, people who were sharing one another. They were sharing when they go hunting and all of this stuff. They was living in, in a shared community in a village, uh, and many times I'm sure they were in a circle. And um, and uh, and one of the things they did is that when the young people went hunting. They always shared the food with the elders and stuff. So that's how that's how that's how the cycle went. The young went out, brought food for the old people and for the children, 
um, and uh, and the colonizers said, well, why are you doing this? He said, because, uh, because in, you know, where we come from, whatever we go and get is ours. We don't have to share it with nobody. And so they call this the Weto, uh, it's, it's W-E-T-I-K-O spirit. And it's a spirit of like that. What it does, it's like a spirit of greed and cannibalism because it, it never knows when it gets enough. Uh, uh, and, and that's a spirit that's in America. I mean, that's a spirit in every continent, but it didn't come from the indigenous people. And then, so now when I look around the, the CD, I, I, recently I think about that word because uh, you know it's like people never know when they have enough. And I mm -hmm. think people who live in community, live in circles, know when they have enough because they're sharing. Mm -hmm. They're not hoarding, you know, right. they're, they're, they're sharing what they have. I mean, if they're making beads or whatever they're doing, if they're getting food, I mean, and uh, even the people who live off the reservation, I mean, uh, because I know Mona uh, is Zachama and, uh, and, and, and people, you know, when they get, when they get, when they bag a, a, a elk or, or they do, they can salmon. I mean, they're still bringing food to, to the elders. I mean, and right. that, 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 that type of community that you're talking about that once was in America is still happening in some small places. Uh, right. And then you do see, you do see people come together after after tragic incident, I mean, when a tornado, earthquake, or something, you see that you see that you see people come out and bring that good that they have in their hearts out to help one another. See, so so right. it does come out, but it mm -hmm. takes a tragedy for it to come out instead of being a part of the regular day culture. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking yes. about be, you're talking about why can't this be part of the everyday culture? Yeah, that that loving kindness, you know. <laughs> Yes, yes, you know, and and the um, the thing about you know looking at you know cultures, you know, back, and there are still people that in various ways that are still living the the life that you're talking about, where mm -hmm. they hunt mm -hmm. and gather, and there's mm -hmm. a, an egalitarian, or there is no um, big I or little you when it comes to community. It's just right. that we coexist. There's mm -hmm. There's um, various gifts and, and abilities mm -hmm. that create the cohesiveness of that whole community. Right. right. And, you know, um, looking <clears throat> at um, how even how social media um, has escalated um, the disconnect and the, the unhealthy perception of who we truly are with one yes. another. Yes. Yes. Um, is another passion, you know, um, of concern and of care. Um, I'm not saying that circles fix everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying mm -hmm. that if we can take the time to acknowledge that someone that does not have the space um, in their everyday life, if they have somewhere where they can know that they are valued, that they are significant, that they are being heard, that the society that they exist in does have compassion and empathy. And it's not about, you know, trying to change one person to be this way or that way, or try to dictate or mandate any of those significant things. But if we don't acknowledge the reality that humanity is really at the core of what we're looking at and what we're talking about, um, then the process of coming together just becomes another thing we do. Right, 
Right, right, right. And it just I becomes just... another thing that we mm-hmm, do. do. And yeah, right. it's not just about sitting in a circle talking. There's a deeper level of understanding and compassion and relationship and identity of I am because you are and you are because I am. Right. You know, right, somebody that... might be breathing in and somebody else might be breathing out. COVID has verified that the air we breathe, we all are taking it in and we all are impacted <laughs> by it. COVID has verified that fact. So how mm-hmm. can we not consider that when we are coexisting with one another, mm-hmm. no matter the state, you know, we are in? Right, right. Now, I really do agree with that because COVID died, really, it was about the very breath of God. It was about the breath you're breathing in, you know, you're breathing in, you're breathing in and you're breathing out. And that's something, you know, and uh, and so I really like that connection. Let's take a break right now and come back and uh, continue this conversation. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walden. We'll be right back. I love being on the air. <laughs> The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at virtueshealing.com. That's virtueshealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at Virtues healing.com today. Oh, you, all right. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I love that song. I can say I'm just a child again at this time of year. You know, it's like, okay, it's okay to be a kid. You don't have to be a kid, kid, to be a kid. <laughs> I welcome my guest back, Miss Angela Davis. How you doing? You like that song too, didn't you? Yeah, it's very festive. I'm like, who's the artist? I mean, I want to play that song again. I think that I mean? was Stevie. I think that was Stevie. Right? I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was Stevie. But um, yes, I mean, it, it's quite. It was quite delightful. And uh, you can, even if, uh, yeah, it's Stevie Wonder. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you so much, Eric. I mean, because. Um, um, it lifts you up, yeah. You know, I and mean, and the world needs to be lifted up. And the work that you're trying to do is about lifting up people. So uh, I know that you also have a lot of other. You have some other th- uh, work you're doing under your LLC. So you want to talk about some of the other ideas and some of the other things that you're working on under your LLC? Yes. Um, one of the things that I'm doing is um, I'm working with. Um, and supporting um, Roosevelt's alumni for racial equity under their restorative justice um, concept. And um, RARE is developing a a coalition of people from various professions, like-minded to deal with racial inequity in um, Seattle public schools. Um, And as a Roosevelt High School alumni, um, I became passionate because it was in an alignment with my 
mission to develop restorative beacons in every community. And the principal at Roosevelt High School, Tammy Brewer, and some of the um, the board members are focusing on restorative justice with racial equity in Seattle Public Schools. And so they're going to be doing um, some, some restorative justice um, model and setting up at Roosevelt High School, but also the Seattle Public Schools has a restorative justice manager by the name of Leanne Caspi. Um, and she is the restorative justice manager for all 113, if I have the number wrong, I'm sure someone will let me know, but I'm sure it's about 113 Seattle Public Schools. And so there's one restorative justice manager and what she is looking and envisioning um, as they gather more support is that they are uh, utilizing communities and organizations and things for um, they're utilizing um, community organizations and a variety of people that are doing restorative justice um, to develop this cohesive connectiveness, not just, you know, the Seattle Public Schools, but the community, the parents, all of that. And so they're laying down the foundation for restorative justice um, in schools. And on Wednesday, um, there's going to be a restorative justice kickoff, meaning that there are people that are a variety of levels of understanding and desire for restorative justice. Um, are going to be coming together. They're going to be educators. They're going to be people that work in social work with the school district on various levels. And we're all going to be coming together to begin to develop and integrate some kind of cohesiveness of restorative justice. My focus is going to be working with parents, um, supporting the, the best possible support for our young people so that our young people can begin to become the best that they can become. Mm -hmm. And the parents and the family structure is their first educator, their first structure. And as a single parent raising three kids and having them all in different schools at various times, I understand you know, the various um, dynamics. So that's one aspect. And then there's um, another organization called Multi-Communities with the um, director of that being Betty Watson Williams. And she is working on integrating a faith-based restorative practice that oh, yeah. supports the that supports <clears throat> the um, re domestic violence and how the church has um, historically supported and en enabled the abuser and shifting that paradigm. Yes. And enabling and supporting the people that are being abused and helping the community develop a system of healing, restoration, and support for domestic violence in various natures. And so I'm supporting that as well. Um, the other piece is um, working with the mental health capacity of supporting a mental health coalition of people that are doing healing and restoration and all kinds of stuff. There are people that are helping with addiction. There are people that are doing a lot of things. And so um, under um, the Institute of African Center Thought, there is um, a development of a mental health coalition. 
And that is because um, there are a lot of entities that are receiving funding, um, such as Sound, such as NAMI, and all of those institutions, but we do not have enough culturally relevant and culturally specific healing mm -hmm. modalities. Mm -hmm. And so the Mental Health Coalition is a collaborative and a collective of people that are working on developing that so that they can also begin to get some of that funding so that they can effectively do things. And the vision about that is that if we are in the community doing things that are decreasing crisis beds and the funding is not following and supporting that, but the cost for crisis beds are significantly higher, why wouldn't that be a consideration? If you want to decrease costs in the budget for the county and the city and the state, mm -hmm. why not support people that are decreasing the escalation so that there are fewer needs for crisis bed, crisis, right. uh, crisis management for mental health? And um, also um, one of the considerations with the coalition is, you know, supporting mental health um, and circles and all of that, um, maybe even considering how you can, you know, integrate that as a social emotional learning tool um, for assessing climates in education settings and all of those things. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. Um, circles are as vast as the universe. Right. We right. And that, as that's humanity are the limited, limited thing. Right. Well, and, and also I think what you want to do is to also humanize black people because uh, the whole uh, narrative is that we're not human. I mean, mm -hmm. not, you know, that narrative is, is uh, you know, starting for, uh, for what, 1452, <clears throat> uh, you know, saying that. So, uh, so yeah. and then being able to address that in, in, in a good way that uh, that children even growing up and, you know, being born, I, I will be coming into a, a world. Uh, that's been created to know that they're welcome, number one, and that they have a right to be on the planet, number two, and that they're going to thrive while they're on the planet. I yes. mean, and I can see uh, because uh, that's that's the, that's the piece that's been missing. And also to acknowledge that we are spiritual people. I mean, mm -hmm. we are spiritual people. I mean, Black people love God. I mean, even the people who say they don't love God, love God. I mean, <laughs> they just, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so a place, a place for us to be our whole total self in, mm. I mean, is it, also, I think that that's one way to heal mental illness, because see, we're, uh, we navigate all, we navigate racism every day, mm. and, and the young people call it microaggression and all of this stuff. I mean, we navigate these things every day, uh, no matter how much money you have, I don't care if you're Oprah or somebody else who's still navigating this system, but uh, mm -hmm. Um, and so I see what you're talking about is that, you know, having safe places and, and uh, places that honor your humanity, honor who you are. Right. You know, honor that. And then, and then uh, giving you something, giving you a place, a space to speak up uh, and to be heard. I mean, and, you know, you know, I'm also involved with the circles and I plan to come on Wednesday uh, afternoon over there at Garfield for that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we, I'm, I'm doing the virtuous healing circle. So uh, it's a different, it's still a circle. It just, but it's just so powerful. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We, use, we use different materials and everybody's using different materials. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because, you know, one thing about the creative, 
<laughs> didn't give it all to one group, one, 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 right. one, one committee, you know, one, one, nothing. I mean, because so many times I, 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 you can see how the creator works. It's been people who shared the Nobel prize. They were working on something the same and did not know it. I mean, right. so, so that, so, so nothing goes to one person or one group. I mean, because some, some of the groups might sit on it, hide it under the basket. <laughs> right, right. You know, and that's, it's, yes, it's, mm -hmm. that's the thing. And and you're talking about you know um, this narrative that we've navigated ever since the in, invention of who we are in this country, right. and recognizing that we are far much so much more, more than, than the that framing matter. of this country. We are so much more than the things right. that try to discount or try to discredit the essence and That's the right. power and the beauty and the brilliance of who we are. And right. how do we continue to reinforce that reality of knowing? Because sometimes young people don't get that message enough. No, they don't. They definitely don't get it enough. I mean, because we've let the wrong people teach our children. You know, Malcolm X says, on that food will let your enemy keep to teach your children. And, and then, you know, like, like Dr. Mim said, you can go to, to these systems. And, and so also the circle can be used as educational. You can have an educational circle. You know yes. what I mean? I'm thinking, right, because I love history. Some people ask me, why don't I teach black history? And I said, well, I was thinking about maybe doing a, like a Tupperware party. You invite your friends to come. <laughs> and they pay your fee, and I'll come in and I'll, I'll do some history. I mean, because mm -hmm. I do love history, you know. It's like, you know, and uh, so I'm just thinking about, you know, what could we do for Black History Month uh, and, and, and start something that would be like a history circle, you know? <laughs> you right, know? right. You know, I think that's can, a beautiful notion. You know, and, and, then, you know and they come and, and, and they learn something. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they learn the power of Blackness, the power yeah. of our resilience, the power that has kept us going. It's not the violence because we weren't violent. I mean, really, until if we had if we had guns uh, uh, right after the uh, uh, right after the Civil War, you had you had armed militia in North Carolina and South Carolina, and if we had been that violent coming out of slavery, we'd have killed a lot of people. It's no it's no history mm. anywhere of us massacring any people. You know, mm. you know. So what? Uh, so 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 all this is the stories that we can tell. So 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 the power of the circle is unlimited. Yes, it, it is it, unlimited. It, it's unlimited, and uh, and yes. I think Creator made us to be unlimited. And uh, we got about dope. I think our time is almost up. But that also you do the homicide uh, healing circles, and that's the first, uh, the second uh, Thursday. I mean Friday of every month. Okay, and uh, yes, and wanna, so for you want to briefly just help people how to get in touch with you. You know. Okay, so if you are interested in finding any anything about what you, um, I talked about. You can email me at ccsunlimited, the number four, at gmail.com. Um, I also have a website, ccsunlimited.us. And you can also call me. I'm putting my phone out, phone number out there, 206-214-8236. This is a collective, collaborative building strategy. For healing and restoration. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest today and bringing healing here to this uh, to the to the to the show. I want to thank you so much, uh, uh, Miss Davis, and we'll be in touch again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so much. you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty AM KKNW, and we also check out our podcast. And I'll see you next week. Thank you. Like I've never seen before.